Raise your right hand and repeat after me. I say your name. You solemnly swear. To support and defend. The Constitution of the United States. Against all enemies. Foreign and domestic. And to bear true faith. And allegiance to the same. And I will obey. The orders of. The President of the United States. And the orders of. Those officers. Appointed over me. According to regulations. And the Uniform Code of Military Justice. So help me God. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another episode of the American Vet Podcast. Just want to remind everybody, all my listeners out there, if you want more of the show, uh, you can go to my website, AmericanVetPodcast.com. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. I'm on the, the TikTok thing there. Um, you can follow me anywhere. Uh, you can always get a hold of me at Dave at AmericanVetPodcast.com. And for this episode, I have a special guest here. I have a army spouse to give the other side of the story of what goes on at home and, you know, stuff like that. I don't know where this is going to go. So as people know, my shows are unscripted. So, um, yeah, listeners, please welcome, uh, Sandell. Sandell, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. It's kind of cool to be the first spouse on your show. So that's seriously an honor. Um, so I'm just really excited to be here. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, so I guess we'll start off like, uh, you know, how did you meet your, your husband? And I know you kind of said that you've been together for a lot longer than marriage and stuff like that. But how did you end up meeting your husband? It's probably a really um, ironic story. It's a little long, but um, hopefully your listeners will get a little bit of a laugh. (laughs) So originally, I met my husband a while back with his brother. I was working at a nightclub at like a bar. And um, my girlfriend and I were working together. And I actually got introduced to his brother. Um, We were kind of chatting. And they were like, you know, um, my husband had already knew the other girl I was working with. So he was like, hey, this is my brother. We're just kind of hanging out, you know, kind of that type of deal. And, um, I don't remember this at all. Like, I don't remember meeting him at all. So it's a funny story because about a year or so later, I had moved, um, about an hour away closer to where I live now, which is in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I was working at a new nightclub and this same guy walks in. And at the time he had walked in with his army buddies all in uniform, they must have come in either right after work or after, you know, one of their weekend drills or something like that. And of course, you know, I've always been around the military, so I was really comfortable going over and talking with them. And I found out later on about this story. So when they first walked into the bar, I had noticed them. But really, when we first started talking was his friend came into our nightclub with this Wisconsin cheese hat on. And if you know anything about the city of Pittsburgh, you know that we are huge dealer fans. So you really don't want to walk into a bar or a nightclub with a Green Bay Packers (laughs) cheese hat. It's just not really beneficial. So, of course, we all were nagging this guy, right? So on top of it, the the guy who was wearing it, he was really um, 
he was much, much, much shorter than me. And so much so that I could actually like rest my arm on top of his cheese hat wearing heels. <laughs> and he said to me, you are really intimidating in those shoes. And me not thinking anything of it, you know, I'm probably about a uh, head taller than him. Um, I was just like kind of uh, befounded by that. So I looked over at my now husband. I was like, do I intimidate you? And he's like, <laughs> no. So, of course, like that initiated it, right? Us yep. women, they're like, oh, well, we're not intimidating. So it kind of started there. I really didn't think anything of it at the time, but we had exchanged phone numbers, which is something I really didn't ever do before. And I ended up calling him whenever I was out of town, had the most random conversation. When we look back at it now, we're like, I seriously don't even remember what this conversation was about. It was about the most nonsense of nonsense which I think are sometimes the best conversations. Yep. And it led to us kind of dating for a little while and chatting. And one thing just led to another and we've been together ever since. Okay. So that's kind of our story. Very random, very <laughs> um, ironic, very Steelers. Um, but it just goes to show you just, you just, you don't, you never know where you're going to meet someone. And I cannot be more um, grateful because, I always tell people he was my knight in camouflage armor, so to speak, because right. it turns out that he really saved me from myself. Oh, well, perfect. I'm glad that you guys, you guys met and, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're still together. I mean, there's a lot of, like, I'm, you know, like I said before, I'm on my third marriage. So a lot of times people don't stay married for long in the military, but I'm glad to hear that you guys are still married and you're going strong. And so now as being, so you met, now when did you guys actually, how long were you dating before you actually like got married? Yeah. So we actually met and started dating in 2005. Uh, I'm sorry, in 2010. And then we got married in 2015. And we actually got married after he was out of the military. So we were never married when he was in the military, which is really, really different Yeah. Um, when you are a military girlfriend <laughs> and not necessarily a military spouse. There is a lot of things that um, are much, much, much different. And at the time when he got deployed, um, we had had a young child together. So that made it even a little bit more difficult when you're not married. Right. <laughs> so, I can imagine. <laughs> um, yeah, I couldn't, uh, that would be, that would definitely be weird. That would be weird if he's deployed and you're sitting at home with, with the kid and you're like, we're not even married. And, um, so, you know, you don't get a lot of the uh, the benefits of being married. Yeah, not only that, but you also don't get a lot of the support that's offered to military spouses, you know. Um, and I I'm grateful because my husband was deployed to, you know, a less active area. Um, what I call one of what we would probably refer to as like a little bit safer of a deployment. Okay. Um, but it didn't make it any less nerve-wracking because there were still things going on there you know you could still he could still be hurt you know he could still have you know whatever it is happen to him but it made it a lot more difficult because even things like talking to TRICARE about my daughter's health issues like they wouldn't talk to me even though he had signed all the paperwork that was necessary you know they were fighting me tooth and nail and we went through a really traumatic experience um so my husband and I bought our house um, like literally right before he got deployed, um, 
it wasn't necessarily planned that way. That's just kind of how everything happened. And my daughter was pretty young. My daughter was only four months when he got deployed. And unfortunately, right before he got deployed, my daughter suffered from RSV, which is respiratory cynical virus for those of you guys who don't know. And what happens when you have that, it's very similar to kind of what's going on now with the coronavirus. They can't breathe very easily. Um, Their oxygen level drops and it's actually highly contagious. And so at that time, like she was in the PICU, which is, you know, pediatric intensive care unit. She was also in the NICU, which is neonatal intensive care unit, which is a little bit more extreme. And I couldn't even hold her. We couldn't even pick her up all the time because of this virus. And she had just gotten out right before he left. So this was when she was four months old. You know, we just kind of experienced this huge um, challenge of her health wise. And then he has to leave for 18 months. Wow. I couldn't even imagine that. Um, were you able to find some sort of like, like support group or something like that? Like, I know, like you're saying that you, you know, you guys weren't married. So there's a lot of like TRICARE was giving you a whole bunch of BS, but was there anything that kind of like helped you kind of get through? Was it just family members and friends or get through all that? To a degree, um, you know, our, his, his family is so supportive. Like they, can try to help all they want, but it's a little bit more difficult on like the paperwork side because they can't really always help you with the military. So he was trying so much. And with the time difference and everything, I just felt awful because, you know, he's across the world and I'm sitting there when we're talking, I'm like, babe, you have to fix this. Like I had stacks upon stacks of bills and just tears running down my face because I'm sitting here afraid that they're going to come after me because I was the one signing for all this care. And if you guys don't know, when you sign for a child's care, care, depending on where your state is, you're considered what's called the guarantor, which means like you're basically guaranteeing that this, this gets taken care of. And so I'm like freaking out because these are tens of thousands of dollars of bills. And I'm just like in tears and he's trying to call them like, on his breaks and you know how that works with TRICARE trying to get through um you know at the end of the day it all eventually worked out it was just really uh stressful because like I said you just really didn't know what was going to happen and in the meantime we still had all this stuff to work through I still had a ton of follow-up visits I was so just more scared that they were going to cut it off so to speak like cut her care off because we had quote unquote owed so much money because things being done right. So it was more of that factor of fear than like something, you know, going wrong at the time, you know, it it was a little bit different for the both of us. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, and he's deployed, so you don't really want to call him up all the time and and nag and nag and nag. But I mean, at the end of the day, that's what you really needed was just help was held back home and, and that's, yeah, that's tough. Um, honestly, I'm glad I never had to go do go through with all that, but, uh, you know, kudos to you for sticking it out and, you know, not really, um, losing your mind per se and, you know, really freaking out and just, I mean, I know, you know, you, you know, you love your kiddo and everything, but, you know, every now and then you hear these stories that like, you know, guys deploying and, you know, the, the girl takes off and stuff like that. I'm glad that you were able to stick with your husband there at that point. 
Oh yeah. I mean, trust me, I'm, I'm probably sure he would disagree with you and tell you that I was crazy and I feel like I was. Um, but you know, I knew he was a good man. Um, I, it was hard. I even ended up getting a, I still have it, a camouflage body pillow because <laughs> I was so used to sleeping in the bed with him. And I'm like, this big old bed and there's nobody with me. And I'm like, so I made him like lay with it with us before he left. And then like, of course, you know, sprayed it with his cologne, all the, all the oh, yeah. dorky stuff that we do to, <laughs> to remember you guys. Um, and you know, again, like I said, I'm, I'm grateful because where he was, you know, we were able to talk, we were able to, you know, at the time it was more Skype, yeah. um, zoom wasn't really a thing then. Um, you know, we were able to have conversations with not only my, you know, uh, our child and my other son, my son, and then us as well. So we did it. We were able to have really great communication. And I think that that definitely helped, but, oh, yeah. um, you know, I can, I still to this day can remember getting the news, like the day of the date that he was going to come back and just getting all that excitement. And you have to remember that by this time, his daughter was now walking. So he, you know, missed, a lot. we reported her first step, you know, all these first milestones and, you know, um, my son, you know, had been now a year older, which, you know, he was missing him like crazy. And yeah. I just remember that day, probably more than anything, just to, to see the, the, the joy and, um, emotions of all these people that have seen their loved ones and to watch these kids, not only just my kids, but other kids like run up and hug oh, yeah. these parents and just, it was like, the most tearjerker of Hallmark movies ever. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was very surreal. And, um, it was hard because when you, when you guys first come home, I'm sure you can relate to this, right? Yeah. You have to like stand on the stage, <sighs> right? Uh, like when, when you guys get like, uh, dismissed. <sighs> and so you get to see them come off like the bus or whatever they're on, like for 10 seconds, but you're not allowed to touch them yet. Like you're not allowed to see anyway, cause they're not dismissed. And then yep. they go through and they line up and you're like watching them on the stage and you're like, can you just be done? Can we just be done? Can we just like touch each other? <laughs> what, is the, what is the point of all this? <laughs> yeah. What is the point of all this? Like, why can't I hug him? And like, you're sitting there watching them on the stage and they're trying not to smile, but you catch like different like smirks of them, like yep. smiling and grinning. And you're hoping that they don't get called out by like, the person in charge so that it doesn't go longer. Um, and this whole time you're just like, you're super nervous because you're like, I don't know. It's like kind of like those re butterfly moments. Like you're re meeting for the first time. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then again, to add it, add more excitement again, like I said, our situation was a little bit different because we had a very young daughter who, right. you know, he hadn't seen and children. So, um, it was just a really great moment. Yeah, you just want to run up there and like, I'm just going to tackle him. I don't care about this whole formation thing. Yeah, pretty much. Now, so now he comes back and, you know, he gets release. Like, what? There had to have been some, I'm assuming there was some type of mindset where you're kind of like, all right, in the next two days, I'm going to give you the kids and I'm going on vacation for a couple months. <laughs> um, Actually, not really. It was more or less. I had gotten used to him being gone for a little bit. So it was okay. more or less like the true adjustment time of like 
not only him adjusting his schedule back, because again, there was a big time difference. Right. Um, us adjusting to being around each other again. Um, he definitely picked right up and did kind of, you know, take a little bit, a ton of the responsibility off of me so that I could start sleeping in and whatnot. Um, but there was definitely some periods where it was not all, not all hunky dory. You know, there were times where, you know, um, you know, we were going through different spurts of, again, those challenges of changing time frame. Um, again, like that re-meaning, re-living together situation, um, things that I had done had changed. So my time schedule changed and he kind of had to adapt to that. So of course there was some tits and tats, I I say, um, but I think at the end of the day, um, you know, that's really marriage in a nutshell. You're going to have ups and downs and at the end of the day, only you and that person you're with can decide on whether or not you're you're wanting to work through it. And we did. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm glad that you did. And um, yeah, I can I can understand what you're what you're saying. I mean, it's not that easy. Like, you know, there's there's weight lifted off your shoulders, but then there's also new weight because now you, you know, you go for however long he was deployed living by yourself. Now you got somebody in there and you're like, all right, now he can do everything. But the reality is, you know, you got to change your schedule as well. and you know, you're used to living with just you and your kids and now there's somebody else living there. So now there's like, you know, more laundry to do and more, you know, it just everything needs to get done a lot more and stuff like that. So I get that. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, you know, like I said, it's just kind of like adapting. Um, and again, like I said, I'm glad that we went through it. Um, what you don't realize is even after that, you know what I mean? Even after that, the things that are going to change. And so, Again, my situation is not probably not truly unique. I'm sure there's other millions of people that were in this situation. So when my husband got home from the deployment, um, pretty much, I want to say it was either that year or maybe the year after. I can't remember the exact time frame. Um, his pretty much his orders were done. So it, I remember that he got technically out of the service, like really close to Christmas Eve one year. Um, so it was either the same year that he got home or maybe the year after, but. I'd have to ask him like I do 5,000 times because I can't remember everything <laughs> that he's done. Um, he would, he, 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 I ask him all the time. I'm like, so wait, 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 when did you come home again? And like all this stuff. So, um, but you know, um, there's still challenges even after that, you know, we had periods where again, like said ups and downs and, right. I just, I can't be more grateful. And 2020 has really, um, shown me that um because i've really had to lean on him this year for a lot more support than my pride sometimes right. will allow um i lost my father this year in october I'm sorry um, to hear that. and just a lot of other things that had happened with my child having some behavioral issues and um due to his disability and yeah. again just everything going on with 2020 itself it's really been a year that I think has strengthened our marriage um, even more so. Oh, perfect. So when he, you know, when he gets out, did you see like any type of, uh, you know, was there a lot of change of attitude or change of like who he was now that he wasn't in the, in the army anymore and he was getting out and he was just kind of back in the civilian world. Was there a big transition for him? 
Yes and no. So I would say there was changes in the way of like almost like a, uh, not necessarily a relief, but almost like a weight was lifted off of his shoulders, so to speak. Okay. Um, you could see that since he had gotten out, um, that, you know, now he had the opportunity to pursue something that he really, really wanted to do, um, in his career and really something for him. Right. Um, which is amazing to see. And then a negative in the way of after so long, you know, you lose that camaraderie between those close knit friends. Correct. Um, so, you know, this group of people who I explained to you, basically I had met when we first started dating up until recently, they were pretty close, tight knit. Yeah. You know, they were all in the same, um, area they all went to the same unit you know and of course as life goes on you know people move people separate and kind of watching like that support group kind of separate you know of course he still talks with them and everything like that but it really does change um like the amount of to me people he can like have these general conversations with um but he still does and again like i said i can't be more grateful for his friends because he has a really good group of friends who most of them I've all met, um, at this point, one or another. Um, and, uh, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because when we got married, his, uh, battle buddy, um, his name is Lee and I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about him. So Lee, if you're listening <laughs> this morning, I'm talking about you. Um, I love him. Um, he's just been really supportive of us our whole relationship just kind of constantly working with both of us because we're very different people in certain ways, right. but we also complement each other in certain ways. And we both had a lot of walls built up. So he was kind of that like military side, like you're saying like, yeah. Oh, give me in hindsight on what he might be feeling. And then a hindsight on maybe something that he had went wrong in his previous marriage. So right. it's kind of like, you of the military where you're trying to have these conversations with people yeah. and he was at our wedding and it just was a blast uh if you were there you would definitely know he was the life of the party so <laughs> you know I, like i said i can't be more grateful because he has some really really good friends that we're, we're still pretty close with okay so how do you feel like now that your husband is out and do you miss the fact that he was in or do you love the fact that he's no longer in anymore and that worry I of him getting home. I yeah. absolutely love it right now. Unless, you know, of course we already know, like God forbid, if there's ever a war, there could always be a possibility of a right. draft, but, um, you know, um, I do miss him being in again for that camaraderie, not necessarily right. for the work, but for that camaraderie piece. But again, like I said, we still have that. Right. Um, so, you know, it's, it's still there. Um, but I absolutely love the fact that he's home. I get to see him every day. I hate, uh, sometimes not seeing him. So he sometimes can get a little annoyed with me. Cause I'll be like, Hey babe, like, did you miss me today at work? And he's like, I just saw you this morning. Yeah. <laughs> but It's okay. We, we work it out. So yeah. The, the moments of neediness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, um, 
Let's just have a brain fart here. I had a question, it was loaded up, and then I lost it. <laughs> that happens all the time, trust me. I've, I'm like that as well. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I wanted to ask that, and and it goes in and out. Yeah, it'll come back to me after after we're done recording. But <laughs> so, were you guys like? Did you guys have to move around? I know you said that you weren't really married. I mean, like, did he change duty stations and you still followed him, or did you just stay home and then, you know, did you have to experience any of that? So, um, he never changed um, like units when we were together. Um, I do remember him being in a different unit prior to us being even dating um but they were actually pretty close to where i was living so when we were first dating we lived separately um but unfortunately we had experienced together um his home where he had grew up his landlord actually was really not a good landlord and his um roof on his house ended up collapsing and so long story short they ended up you know basically removing the building so at that point, when we he was moving from his like I'll say childhood home, I was living in an apartment, and then we decided to start looking for a house. Um, and it was always talked about like you know that was just I was, originally it was just me helping him try to find a decent home that if he wanted me to move in that there was enough room, and if it wasn't me, you know, just giving him that woman perspective because I didn't want to again push that issue. Right. Um, and then we decided to move into a house together. So we've been living together um, pretty much since my daughter was born. So for like the past eight, 10 years now, um, we've been living together. So we haven't had the move um, yet. Um, so, you know, that can always change. <laughs> okay. So does he, you know, does he still have his, uh, I guess, fold his socks a certain way and stuff like that? Like, because I know I do. And I've been out since 09 and, you know, my, I tell my wife all the time, like, no, my socks have got to be like this or my shirts has to be like this in the the closet. You know, I don't really, that's a great question. And I don't think I have the answer. (laughs) Um, I normally he will fold his own laundry. Right. um, But if I'm doing it and it's folded, I've never really seen him unfold it and refold it. So (laughs) I don't know. Um, I do know that I take up most of the closet. So he doesn't really get much of the closet. <laughs> um, so uh, there's that. Okay. <laughs> like, what woman doesn't take on this as a closet? Right. Um, but I really haven't noticed. I'm more like the, I have a weird system of, it helps me as a woman when we have a lot of clothes. Um, uh, every year I change the way my hangers go. So in the new year, I'll face the hangers the opposite way. When I wear the item, I actually flip it and put it back so that I know I wore it. Right. If at like uh, summertime, there's things that aren't turned, I take a look at them and then I decide if I really want to keep them or possibly donate them. Um, so it's something that I do for me and my children to just make sure that we're not overusing and again, have the ability to give back to possibly someone who's in need. Right. So right. it's not really... Um, like it has to be that way. It's just something that helps me because, you know, we tend to overshop as women. <laughs> just a little sometimes. Just a little. Just a little. <laughs> did you uh did you end up meeting any like really uh close friends not, you know, um I guess just trying to hit back on the when he was deployed, you know, just I know you said it you didn't really find any kind of 
you know, veteran first organization or anything like that, but did you end up finding any type of other way to help you through it or? Honestly, just my friends, his family were, you know, very, again, supportive. There really wasn't any services out there for quote unquote, like girlfriends. Um, We did end up attending, um, I want to say it was like the yellow ribbon program where it's like for military families before deployment and kind of, I got a lot of information from that, but it made me feel some type of way because everyone else in there was married and I was like the only girlfriend. I'm like, okay, this is, this is great. So half of this stuff I can't do. Uh, and, but you know what, again, like I said, if I wouldn't have had some of the information, I wouldn't have known who to call or what to do or what questions to ask and um so on and so forth so again like i said um i didn't but when he got out we did have a lot of organizations that were willing to help us especially after we got married yeah. um and then i myself decided to even i've been doing this before we got married but even i myself started to kind of work a lot more with military veterans so right now i actually am in the process of starting a nonprofit called haircut for heroes okay. um so it actually is um, geared towards helping veterans, first responders, and um, homeless to be able to receive a free haircut um, when when they're in need. Um, so it's actually something I've been doing for about 10 years. I give out free haircuts to veterans. I work for three main programs. So I work for the Stand Up for Vets, which is here in Pittsburgh. It's an annual event where veterans are able to come and get different services. I've been doing that for about 10 years. Um, the Dress for Success organization, which is an organization that provides women, the men, the ability to try to get um, clothing. We actually are partnered with them for the suitable hair program. So if you're, you know, going for an interview or a job, you're able to come into my work and get a free haircut and or color um, to help you get and obtain that job, which I think is amazing. And then something else my work does. Um, is we actually offer free haircuts to veterans all year round. It's not just on Veterans Day. Right. As long as they either have their ID with the veteran status on it or a copy of their DD-214 with their ID um, right. so that we can verify that they actually had military service. Um, so I think that that's an amazing program. And yeah. then on top of that, I actually go out into homeless camps and provide free haircuts. So it's just something I've been doing for a really long time. And I've been amping it up over the past couple of years. And right now I'm working on trying to actually have a mobile van so that I can go to even more places and and do these things because people don't really realize that um, when you're in that transition period, you're basically trying to kind of re-identify yourself. And even though there's a lot of things out there to help the military, there's also really not a lot. It's like that weird sense. And people don't realize sometimes a haircut typically falls at the bottom of everyone's list. They're like, Oh, it's not that important. Like, you know, I can go without it. But realistically for a job interview, you're judged 80% by how you look and how you're groomed. Absolutely. So that involves typically from here up, um, facial grooming, hair grooming. And, um, you know, they also want people who are going to look the part. So, for instance, I always say, you know, if you're going to work at, you know, uh, I don't even know if this is an existence hot topic, um, which would be like a like a place in the mall where it's a little bit more alternative kind of punk rock. You might be able to get away with blue or pink hair if that's your thing. 
But if you're going to want to work at maybe um, like a Fortune 500, Fortune 500 company, even though I disagree with it, their policies might say like you're not able to have like neon hair. It must be like a natural hair color. So then we can kind of I like to always push the envelope and make the client happy and what they want. But I also want to make sure that they're able to get that job. So, I, yeah. you know, even though I disagree sometimes with those hair, quote unquote, boundaries, um, personally, I want to make sure that they're set up for success. And that way they can actually get that job okay. or continue that job. So it's really been amazing. And he's been really supportive of that the past couple of years. Absolutely. And that's I wanted to say thank you. And that's phenomenal that you're, you're, you're doing that. And it really is. I mean, a haircut does go a long way. I mean, you know, when you're in. You know, most branches is you have to have a haircut every weekend and then you get out and you're kind of lost as a, as a person again, like you're saying, you're kind of lost. So you got to try to find out who you are again and just going to get a haircut kind of, you know, brings your mindset back. Like, okay, I'm not that, um, quote unquote worthless anymore. And, you know, when you go get a job interview, you know, and if, if you sit there and say, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm 10 years in the Marine Corps or, or whatever the case is, but your hair is really long and your, you know, facial hair is overgrown. You know, they're going to, that kind of does, you know, makes it look like you don't really care. So exactly, you know, getting a kid haircut. And I mean, what you're doing is, you know, with the, with the clothes too. I mean, you're taking it from not just the haircut and the grooming, but you're, you know, here, here's some really good clothes. And a lot of times, you know, vets get out and they're unemployed or they're not getting any money. So I want to just say thank you for, you know, helping everybody out in, in that aspect. Yeah. So, I mean. With the clothing part of the Dress versus Sex program, that's not something that I particularly handle, but I can give them the information and the resources. So we partner with that organization. And what we did is we partnered with them for that suitable hair program. So basically, they get that voucher from that program that says, hey, listen, I have a job and I need a haircut. And the voucher provides them that free haircut. And of course, I've seen countless veterans go through that, but that's not just for veterans as well, which is amazing. It allows other people that have low income or, again, like you said, may have been off the feet. Yep. And I'm all for um, longer hair, kind of like GQ style, but it has to be neat. It has yep. to be clean. You know, you need that trim so that it's a nice, clean line. You need oil in the beard so that it looks nice and healthy. Um, again, if you're having a longer hair, you know, typically it depends on how they're styling the hair. Yep. But I tell them for an interview, you know, you want to pull it, pull it back a little bit off of the face, maybe even with a little bit of gel or, you know, again, depending on, again, where they're going for. Right. I'll try to look up um, that company and see, like, if they're having that long hair, do men wear it in a ponytail? Are the men mm-hmm. wearing it, you know, in a bun? You know, what it, what have they been doing? So I try to, again, gear them towards success. And then, like you said, um, it's one of those things where, you know, a haircut may not cost a lot of money, but it also might save them that money. And it might make or break the difference of them getting that job or have making someone choose between do I have enough money for a meal or do I get a haircut? Right. Um, so that's kind of how I think about it. Absolutely. And once again, thank you for that. Um I'm a short hair kind of guy, as you can tell anyways, but you know, I got out, you know, and it's funny too, cause I got out and I was like, all right, I'm going to have a goatee. I'm going to get my beard. And then I ended up getting a job where I have to have clean shaved anyway. So I kind of missed the goatee and everything else. Cause as you're talking about, you know, putting the, you know, the oil and everything else in the beard, I'm like, man, I wish I had an issue like that. 
so how so how long have you been doing doing that? I mean, the um, the haircuts and the, and the dressing and stuff. Yeah. So the free haircuts, like I said, I've been doing it for about ten years now. Right. Um, it's really kicked off in probably the past five. Um, but I've been working with the stand down uh, the vets organizations for seven years. Um, so everything's kind of been there for a long time and I really don't see myself stopping right it's easy for me because I already have the equipment um you know I have my hair my shears which are for hair cutting I have my clippers you know I have my combs I have my brushes it really my cost has already been spent so to speak really it doesn't cost me anything but my time um so and for me if that's what I can give for people who again you know basically uh, put their life on the line to allow me to have what I have now. I think that's a pretty no brainer to me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can go to events mm-hmm. too, really. Um, Cause like you said, your cost is there. You can go to events and just give out free haircuts. I'm not telling you what to do or anything, but you know, it's off. It's awesome to have that, that flexibility to kind of go anywhere too. That's kind of, I wish I thought of it to be honest, but <laughs> um. So if you had to like give advice to any other um, spouses of the military or anything like that, that has, you know, their, their significant other deployed or they're just dating, like kind of in your case, I know your case is different. Um, would you have any advice to give that new, new mother or, or the girlfriend or anything like that when their husbands are deployed? Honestly, communication is key. Yep. Number one, communication um again it's really going to depend on where they're going and where they're at on how much you can communicate but for me just make sure that that person who's gone knows that you care about them and that you love them and that you're trying to give them as much information so whether that's handwritten letters video messages um gift baskets um you know care packages whatever that is um you know try to make sure that you're sending that out to that loved one And again, if you have a younger child, make sure you're sending those milestones their way, taking tons of pictures. We did a lot of videos, um, a lot of, um, again, like Skyping or now Zoom is way more popular. So it depends on, again, where you're at. But just know that it's going to be hard. It's going to be rough and it's okay to not be okay, but ask for help when you need it. I think that that's the challenge is that as women and as men, we have this sense of pride where it's like, I can do it. I don't need anybody help. Anybody help. I'm fine. Um, But in reality, we need help and know that there are people that are going to be out there that maybe you don't even think about that are going to be willing to help. I always tell people to have the conversation about, you know, if their spouse is going to be leaving for some time frame, of course, with their significant others and then, you know, their, their close friends and family. And also prepare for that. So uh, on the husband's side, you know, if you know you're going to be leaving, maybe you can help your spouse prep meals, freezer meals, you know, for, you know, at least six months or whatnot. Or, you know, maybe you can organize. um, I know now uh, the food deliveries are more popular. So maybe that's something you can start to set up in advance where you're saying, okay, I know what she likes for groceries. I'm going to start sending this up for her. Yep. or him or yep. whatever, you know, you need to do. And, you know, those little things go a long way. So you're, I think that too, if you start planning ahead so that you're both communicating, you're both feeling that love, even though you're far away, 
Right. And again, just finding your tribe of support, whatever that may be. So if it's a girlfriend, it's a little trickier um, because there really isn't much out there for us. Right. Um, but talk to other spouses. Um, my my challenge was I didn't his friends really didn't have spouses near me. So they weren't near me so that I could <laughs> talk with them. Yep. Um, so I did a lot of research on my own. And again, I really leaned on him to help get the information that I needed so that I could make it less stressful on him. Right. And when in doubt, don't feel bad to talk to your significant other about the challenges that you're facing. Right. I know sometimes we may think, oh, well, we don't want to burden them. But trust me, they want to know if you're okay. They want to know yeah. if they can help you. And they want to know what you can do. So open communication is key. Cry, laugh. Yeah. You're going to go through all the emotions. <laughs> um, and just at the end of the day, like I said, really work on showing each other that that caring and that emotion and that you're going to be there. Right. Absolutely. And it isn't easy for the, you know, the spouse that's at home and, you know, like you're saying, and it is hard on you. And, you know, if you're, if you're going through hard times, ask for help because it's just, you need to ask for help because if you, if you feel alone, you're not going to, you know, and I get some people are like, well, if he's over there fighting for my freedom or, or whatever the case is you know, I'm less of a person or something like that. Cause I'm going to go help find help because I'm just stressed at home, you know, and you need to get that, that stigma out of there. And if you need help, ask for it. And like you're saying, be honest with your significant other saying, Hey, listen, I'm going through, you know, I know you're, you're up there and, uh, or over there, but I need some help. I need some, need someone to just to talk to or vent to is, is key. Yeah. And I also think too, that the spouses do important work. We're keeping yeah. the home front going. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and again, it, even if you don't have children, you're still trying to keep your normal situation going. You're still trying to keep things going. And some spouses are even working in government positions as well. It just may not be, quote unquote, in a situation where they're deploying. Right. So, you know, I feel like every person, no matter whether they're the, the person in the military or home, you have an important role. And again, both sides need to know that it's okay to ask each other for help. And I think that that's the keys that you need to lean on each other. And I think whenever I started to compete in pageantry years later, you know, when we first started getting married and talking about being a military spouse is when I really realized that there are a lot of women out there like me that maybe feel the way that I feel. Right. And so talking about it and being honest and open and saying, you know, we have ups and downs and mm -hmm. we've been through some crazy stuff. And again, at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, what do you want to do? Is this something that you want to work with or not? And it's OK. Whatever decision you make, it's going to be OK. Absolutely. But only you can make that decision. And I'm just grateful that we continue to choose each other every day. You know, we keep saying to each other, you know, I want this to work. We are wanting it. And it is, it is work. Marriage is work. It's yeah. not perfect. You're two individual people that are uniting, but yeah. you still have your own stuff. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. 
And, uh, yeah, I just want to, I want to say, you know, thanks for, for coming on to the show and, and giving that side of, of things. And, you know, a lot of times you don't realize what's actually going on at home when you're, you're not at home, you know, um, you know, for the, for the ones that are getting deployed too, you know, don't be afraid, like you're saying, to ask your significant other, like, Hey, everything going all right. Cause we kind of have this, you know, our side of it is kind of like, you know, what can she be possibly going through right now? When I'm over here doing all this, I don't want to be bothered with that. But at the end of the day, it's, that's your, she supports you just as much as you support her or vice versa, you know, and you need to stick with it. And because if, you know, you don't want to come home to a bunch of drama too, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure that that can be hard. I can't imagine, you know, if you're away, you know, you're, Worrying about what do you need to do? Because not only is it your job, but it's also your life, right? right? So you're away and you're like, you're focused on what you're hyper focused on what you're doing. You're, you know, again, depending on your rank and your seniority, you know, I think no matter where you're at, you're trying to make sure that your brothers and sisters are okay, yep. that you're working together. And your goal is you want everybody to come home safe and sound. Right. That's been a tremendous amount of pressure. So, you know, Again, I can see that where that spouse doesn't necessarily want to know what's going on at home because it kind of can mess with their brain and get inside there. But you also have to, again, have that conversation. And I was nervous to talk with him about it, not because, you know, I didn't want to tell him what was going on, but because I was so overwhelmed that to me, it felt like I was like almost uh, not yelling, but like coming at him. And I'm like, you have to fix this. But at the same time, I couldn't fix it anymore. I tried and I'm like, right. this is what I need you to do. Once you do this, I should be able to handle it. Yep. And X, Y, Z and why it was so significant. Um, You know what I mean? Yep. And again, I tried to use the method of stop, stop what you're doing. Think about what you're doing, assess what you're doing and then react. So stop for a second. Is it really, like you said, that big of a deal? Yeah. In my situation, yeah, it was because I was getting letters and bills of tens of thousands of dollars. And to one point, I think I was hyperventilating, crying. Um, And it was affecting me mentally, emotionally, physically. Um, It was affecting my thought process of, again, getting care for my children. Um, I was terrified that they were going to come after me, come after our house. Because, again, I didn't know. Right. This is the first time. Um, so I kind of let my imagination run wild. Think, okay, how is this going to affect him? You know, I knew he was going to be a little bit stressed out because it's hard. Again, I knew the time zones was different. He's going to have to give them a call. Again, I knew TRICARE was sometimes it takes forever to get a hold of them oh, yeah. um, and discuss the situation. But I also knew that I had the information that he needed and I made it very bullet pointed. So that he could get on the phone. This is what I need you to do. Blah, 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 blah. Done, done, done. Assess. Okay, so we had this conversation. What's next? Well, we fixed it. And I didn't have to worry about it. And (laughs) then react. Uh, Again, I just kind of reassured him. I was like, thank you so much. I'm so sorry. I know you had to get up. Let's keep our conversation shorter tonight so that you can get more sleep. Um, And kind of go from there. Absolutely. and. and I, I guarantee by you having that mindset and, and, and reaching out, it probably helped him on the other end too. Cause like I said, you know, you don't want to hold it in and 
once he comes home, then bombard him with a, a bunch of stuff. Like, hey, yeah, since you've been gone, you know, all this stuff is happening, but on my own, blah, blah, blah. You know, I think it's, it's good that communication is absolutely number one. Like you're saying that, uh, when they're gone, that's what you, that's what you need to, need to deal with and still stay with it. Yeah. And that still actually happened. I did still have like a ton of stuff, unfortunately, <laughs> that he had to deal with when he got home. And that made me feel even worse. I'm like, babe, I'm like, if you, I can't calm down until this gets all fixed. And he's like, it's okay. Like he knew, he like I said, he knew me, he knew how I was going to react. So he knows that I don't do very well with um, anxiety, so to speak. Like I, right. I have to get things done. I need to make sure it's done. I think it's like the type A, like, you know, um, so he handled it. And like I said, and I knew he was going to handle it. But once I just kind of <laughs> word vomit, so yeah. to speak, oh, yeah. it all off of my chest say what I needed to say, it definitely was that huge relief. So yeah, he definitely still walked home uh, to a stack of papers that <laughs> we still had to adjust and fix, but we sat down, we did it together. Yep. I would call them, put them on speakerphone when they were ready to talk with him. I'm like, here, this is what you need to tell. I had it all written out. So <laughs> again, I just try to make it easier for him so that it wasn't so stressful. Absolutely. Well, I was, I want to say I want to say thank you for coming on to the show and give me your your side of uh side of things and definitely unique unique um what you had to go through and you know giving the advice out there and what you do with the haircuts and for the other veterans out there that need it and you know landing them jobs that's huge nowadays you know you know a lot of veterans get out and they're like oh I'm a veteran I can go get a job anywhere. And then they don't realize that, like, what they did in the military might not transition out into the civilian world. You know, unfortunately, one of the biggest MOSs in, in the military that's so important doesn't really transition into the civilian world, which is, you know, infantry. You know, so, you know, help them, you know, just get a haircut, get some clothes on, get a job. I mean, I want to say thank you for that and, you know, for how long you've been doing it. And it's it's amazing. And I'm glad that you're out there and you're, you, you saw a need. and, and you're, you're covering that need. And I want to say thank you for being on the show, being my guest, the first side of the, uh, my first guest of the other side, I guess you can call it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just, just thank you once again. And then for the listeners, AmericanVetPodcast.com and Dave at AmericanVetPodcast.com. Um, yeah, thank you. And, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you I can't explain, say it enough, but thank you for what you're doing for the veterans out there. And no, honestly, I, I'm so grateful. And I think everyone who has, you know, taken the time to serve, I think that that's so important for giving us the opportunities that we are presented and yep. for, you know, to be honest, putting their life on the line for not only myself, but my children, you know, the country, I'm sure everyone has different reasons for um, serving, but I came from a long line of what I say, veterans. My dad was a veteran. My husband's a veteran. Um, my brother served briefly. Um, you know, my grandparents have served. So um, I, I'm just very grateful for, again, the people that I've gotten to meet, the stories that I've gotten to hear and what I've been able to achieve with their help, you know, none of this would have been possible without previous veterans, again, fighting for our rights and our 
ability to do what we're doing. Um, so I can't be more grateful. Um, and if any of your listeners are, you know, wanting to say hello or reach out, they can find me on any social media. Um, you can find me at Sandell Taylor and I'll spell it for you because my name is very weird. Um, my name is S A N D A H L Taylor. Um, you can find me on any social media. Um, I'm kind of normally only go by Sandell because it's really cool to think like you're like Beyonce and Oprah and share with one name. Um, <laughs> you probably won't ever meet anybody with my name, but it's really amazing. Um, and like I said, I'm just very grateful. Thank you for allowing me to come on and talk about the other side. And I just wish you all, um, it depends on when this is going to come out, but I hope you guys all had a happy holiday and have a great new year. And Dave, again, just thank you. Say hello to your wife for me. Um, oh, yeah. Make sure you appreciate your spouse. <laughs> oh, I, I, I definitely do. She, she keeps me on the, uh, the straight and narrow and I wouldn't be where I was today or am today without her. So she's definitely a, um, a trophy I have and I hold it high. Um, I love it. Listeners out there, if you need anybody to talk to, you can always call uh, Mission 22 at 1-800-273-8255. Hit option one. And that's not just for the veterans. It's also for the spouses out there, too. If you're going through something right now and you just need somebody to talk to. Or if you're in a noisy room and the kids are running around or something like that and you don't want to call, um, you can always text them, too, at 838-255. And thank you again for being a guest on the show. And, uh, yeah, just keep going, doing what you're doing. It's it's very, very, I appreciate it very much. And um, oh, thank you. You're welcome. And uh, listeners, stay tuned for the outro. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land, we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. The price for this freedom at times has been high, but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. <laughs>